Welcome back to the Hemingwayless podcast, talking about Richard Monckton Milnes, Lord Horton, Henry Alfred, Alford, sorry, and Sir Samuel Ferguson. Um, Swim says, the mama fishy says, Richard Monckton Milnes, aka Lord Horton, was apparently known for his piety, strongly supporting social justice, and also admired the literacy brilliance of female writers. He also had an almost unsurpassed collection of erotic literature, which he bequeathed to the British Library, a collection known to few in his lifetime. Milnes also authored The Roadyard, a pornographic poem, on the subject of flagellation. The other two poets, Alfred and Ferguson, are not as interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah, you gotta be more perverted to be more interesting. Alfred is a notable, is notable for his monumental edition of the New Testament in Greek, eight volumes, which occupied him from 1841 to 1861. Ferguson was an acclaimed 19th century Irish poet, and his interest in Irish mythology and early Irish history can be seen as a forerunner of William Butler Yeats and the other poets of the Irish literary revival. Very good. Now, Robert Browning. Another one of the big dogs. I think there's 15 pages or so, so let's dive in. 1812 to 1889. Songs from Paracelsus. Heap, cassia, sandal buds and stripes of labdanum and aloe balls smeared with dull nard of Indian wipes from out her hair, such balsam falls down seaside mountain pedestals from tree tops where tired winds are fain, spent with the vast and howling main to treasure half their island gain, and strew faint sweetness from some old Egyptian's fine worm eaten shroud, which breaks the dust when once unrolled, or shredded perfume like a cloud from closet long to quiet vowed. With moth and dropping arras hung, mouldering her loot in books among, as when a queen, long dead, was young. The Wanderers Over the sea our galleys went, with cleaving prows in order brave, to a speeding wind and a bounding wave, a gallant armament. Each bark built on a forest tree, left leafy and rough as first it grew, and nailed all over the gaping sides. Within and without, with black bull hides, seethed in fat and suppled in flame, to bear the playful billows game, so each good ship was rude to see, rude and bare to the outward view. But each up bore a stately tent, where cedar pails in scented row, kept out the flakes of the dancing brine, and an awning drooped to the mast below in fold, on fold of the purple fine, that neither... Noontide, nor star shine, nor moonlight cold, which maketh mad, might pierce the regal tenement. When the sun downed, oh, gay and glad, we set the sail and plied the oar, but when the night wind blew like breath for joy of one day's voyage more, we sang together on the wide sea, like men at peace on a peaceful shore, each sail was loosed to the wind so free, each helm made sure by the twilight star, and in a sleep as calm as death we, the voyages from afar, lay stretched along each weary crew in a circle round its wondrous tent, whence gleamed soft light and curled rich scent. 
And with light and perfume music too, so the stars wheeled round and the darkness passed, and at morn we started beside the mast, and still each ship was sailing fast. Now one morn land appeared, a speck, dim trembling betwixt sea and sky, avoided, cried our pilot, check, the shout restrained the eager eye, but the heaving sea was black behind, for many a night and many a day, and land, though but a rock, drew nigh, so we broke the cedar pails away. Let the purple awning flap in the wind, and the statue bright was on every deck. We shouted every man of us, and steered right into the harbour thus, with pomp and paean glorious. A hundred shapes of lucid stone, all day we built its shrine for each, a shrine of rock for every one, nor paused till in the westering sun. We sat together on the beach, to sing because our task was done, when lo, what shouts and merry songs, what laughter all the distance stirs, a loaded raft with happy throngs of gentle islanders. Our isles and our adjusted hand, they cried, like cloudlets faint and even sleeping. Our temple gates are open wide, our olive groves thick shade are creeping, for these majestic forms, they cried, oh, then we awoke, with sudden start from our deep dream and knew too late how bare the rock, how desolate, which had received our precious fright. Freight. Yet we called out depart. Our gifts once given must here abide. Our work is done. We have no heart to mar our work, we cried. Thus the main glideth. Thus the main glideth where my love abideth. Sleeps no softer, it proceeds on through lawns of th- on through meads, on and on, whatever before meandering and musical. The though the niggard pasturage bears not on its shaven ledge aught but weeds and weaving grasses to view the river as it passes, save here and there a scanty patch of primrose too faint to catch a weary bee, and scarce it pushes its gentle way through strangling rushes, where the glossy kingfisher flutters when noon hearts are near. Glad the shelving banks to shun red and streaming in the sun, where the shrew mouse with pale throat burrows and the speckled stoat, where the quick sandpipers flit in and out of marl and grit, that seems to breed them brown as they, nought disturbs its quiet way, save some lazy stalk that springs trailing it with legs and wings, whom the shy fox from the hill rouses creep, he never so still. Oh my god. Alright, uh, I'm going to pack it in for tonight I this like not not a word of this is actually sinking into my brain I think I'm a bit too tired uh, so pause we'll pick up Robert uh, what's his face browning tomorrow thanks for listening catch you then <laughs>